Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy Father's Day. So glad you're here joining us on Father's Day. Thanks, guys, for for choosing this this morning. We appreciate that. I know you had lots of choices you could have had today, and here you are, and we're very grateful. Um, also, for all of the men, all of the guys today, on your way out, there's a book for you that we got you, okay? It's your Father's Day gift. It's really good. It'll be on your way out. It's in a, there in boxes back there. Grab one. You'll like this. It's, uh, it's by Patrick Morley. It's called Man in the Mirror. He wrote it uh, 26, 27 years ago. It was really good then, and then he updated it. This is the new updated version, the 25th anniversary. It is really good. And it's our gift to you, okay? But it's only good if you grab it on the way out. And then, of course, read it. But still, let's, one step at a time, grab it on the way out. And uh, happy Father's Day. And again, we're very glad that you're here. I did that. Very cool. We're in a series called Are You Ready? Now, this series, what you get, is about hope. That's the big theme of the whole thing. And and because remember, Peter told us we needed to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. So we know our hope and our our hope. Revelation 21, you know, is that Jerusalem comes down, uh, new heaven, new earth and earth is restored and renewed. We get new physical bodies and things are set back. They were at the cosmic temple there that we had in creation in Genesis. And that um, sometimes, uh, you know, we sort of got confused along the way and we had an end point that was us kind of floating off into the clouds and playing harps and and you'll transition through that although I think it's going to be pretty intense worship not harp on a cloud Um, uh, but then it's going to be time Jesus can say let's go and we're coming back and those things that I just talked about happen that's our hope that this journey is amazing and that God you know knew what he was doing when he created it the fall happened but he's not going to let go of his good creation he's going to redeem it restore it renew it and all who believe we get to be a part of that in renewed body hallelujah and and, uh i like a resurrected body you know what i mean i like i like that no more pain no more tears no more i like all of that and that's our hope and the bible is a is a big picture of that hope and once you see it and what we've been talking about a lot lately is as the New Testament guys figured out, the Old Testament, how this whole thing is about this deal. There's all these reasons for the hope that we have. And I'm, I'm hoping that when somebody asks you about your hope, that you got all kinds of stuff to tell them. That you said, you, you know, I want your answer to be, how much time you got? <laughs> because I can fill it with stories about hope. And see, that's what this series is really all about. We're putting it all together and getting real, you know, tight on those things and how they work. And so we're continuing to look at those things. And, you know, I'm tying together themes for you like exile, exodus, tabernacle. Said those right this time. And uh, last, uh, last service I made a new word. It was uh, exodile, I think. Yeah, exodile, yeah. Combining my words. And uh, the last few weeks, and, and throughout this uh, series, I keep talking about the kingdom of God. And we're going to talk more about that today and in the, in the weeks ahead. And I want you to get used to hearing kingdom of God and not thinking about a place. Um, because often that's what we do. And it's not. The kingdom of God is about God being king. It's about his rule, his reign, his authority to rule and reign. Uh, and Jesus, when he came, he inaugurated the kingdom. The kingdom is here in some measure. He'll fully bring it when he comes. But it's his rule, his reign. It's not a place. Uh, and and so we have to sort of change some ideas that we've had. You know, that heaven and earth being millions of miles apart. They're not. They overlap. And, and you know, we, we get that. We're, we're living in this overlap. And so all these things matter. 
in the way that we understand all the stories and how it fits together in this life that we have uh, and the heart of God for us. And we were in Luke 24 last week, and we talked about um, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And remember, they had no, they had lost their hope. They were walking away from their hope because Jesus uh, hadn't done what they thought he was going to do. And that's a big thing that we're going to look at some more today is that the kingdom of God isn't always what we expect. And if we, if we aren't careful to allow him to, to show us what's going on, we'll miss what's going on. And we're going to look at a story of that where they, they almost miss it again, what's, what God is actually doing. And we don't want to miss what God is doing. We want to be a part of it. That's where life is. So, you know, Cleopas, and I told you this last week, and, and uh, let me just make another point about it. Because the two disciples, Cleopas is named, the other one is, and I firmly believe it's Cleopas and his wife doesn't have to be Cleopas and his wife, could be Cleopas and some guy that he's walking along with, another disciple. But it really fits because of Luke. And I'm trying to paint pictures of these, these amazing Bible writers inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the reason I said to you last week is I think it's Cleopas and his wife, is that he draws a comparison to that couple and another couple around communion. You remember last week we talked about it. Uh, he gives them communion, that couple, and things happen. And then it's a picture of a story about another famous couple, Adam and Eve, and at the fall, and how everything has been changed and what Jesus has done. And I said, I think Luke is weaving these stories in. Well, there's another quick story. I'll throw this one in, no extra turn. Because I know you love these stories, because we've got reasons for the hope we have. Luke. So Luke 24, again, is about this couple, and, and why do you say it's a couple? Well, remember the story. They, they expected something, and, and then Jesus was, you know, put in a tomb and basically gone for three days. They'd sort of lost him for three days, and they left, hopeless, away from Jerusalem. Well, if you go back to Luke 2, and you should probably do this, there's another couple in there that's pretty famous. Um, their name's Joseph and Mary. You heard of them? They're really big around Christmas. And uh, in Luke 2, they go to Jerusalem at the same time, you know, years before this event. But it's at the same time. And do you know what happens to Joseph and Mary when they're in Jerusalem? They lose Jesus. That's a... I want you to get the gravity of that situation. If you've ever lost anything, maybe you've misplaced a child temporarily or something. But what if you know who he is? It's the Son of God. And they're looking at each other. So I thought you were watching him. I thought you were watching. I'm sure Mary went to Joseph. You had one job. One job. So they go back. You know how long it takes them to find Jesus? Three days. Wait a minute. So when, when Cleopas and his wife are walking back, it's three days later. Jesus shows up. What's he do? He starts teaching them. What happens when they find Jesus? You know what Jesus was doing? Teaching in the temples. Straightening kind of out the, the gray beards, I'd call them. You know, the old rabbis and stuff. Luke writes like that on purpose. So do all of them. And, and my hope is, as we move through this series, that Holy Spirit will in, just illuminate the Scripture to you so that you'll see that throughout, so that you're drawn to reading the Bible. It's not a, it's not a chore. It's not a, uh, it's not, it's so amazing. And, and the heart of God is that we continue to press in and read it together. So, that's what's going on. And we're going to look today at another story about people who miss what God is doing because they think the kingdom is one thing and it's really another. Okay. Bad jokes. What do you call a group of chubby newborns? Heavy infantry. 
My wife's birthday's coming up, not for another month, but I'm, I'm ahead of it. I bought her some new beads for her abacus. It's the little things that count. The abacus humor isn't working. And I love it. Did you know that you can't breathe through your nose when you're smiling? Made you smile. Wow. Alice, come rescue me, please. I have a feeling like getting an abacus for your birthday is like getting a vacuum for your birthday. Right? Am I right? Yeah. So take the I'm just abacus. getting beads to add to your abacus. Uh, yeah. Oh, have. even better. It's the little things that count. I'm so good at math. <sighs> Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Today, um, we were in the prayer room, and my son and my husband were sitting together, and Douglas said, Happy Father's Day, Dad. Your present is, is me. I am your gift today, sitting next to you. And Steve said, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it. He is a gift, though. Amen. 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 Okay. Oh, we got to pray first. See, I got all the clumped. Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Thank you, Lord. Indeed, Lord, we, we can do nothing unless you come. We are not enough. And so, Lord, as we sang this morning, we will trust you. And we will not let our hearts be troubled. We will look to you. Because we know, Lord, that you have overcome our troubles. And you have overcome the world. Lord, I pray today that no one would leave here without feeling your touch, Father. Without that spark, Father. That they know you're with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Luke. It's chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and was As was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? And Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal thyself. And you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what what we have heard you did in all of Capernaum. 
Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure, that there were, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleaned, only Nathan the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Another great passage. I know I say that every week, but the Bible's so amazing, and there's so many things going on in, in the stories. But what I want you to see in this passage is, as we look into it, um, the kingdom of God that I talked about, not a place, it's happening, right? Jesus is announcing it. He's been anointed to do it. And the issue that happens is it's just not what people were expecting. It's not what people think are going to happen. Now, this has been part of the theme, is that uh, even all of all Jesus' disciples, uh, even Cleopas and his wife last week, they thought Jesus was coming to defeat Rome. And when he doesn't do it, they're not sure what to do with that. And and so this is a big issue. So they, they think it's something that it's not. And we need to be very much aware of that. But what Jesus comes to do is much deeper than just defeating Rome. All right? And, and don't get me wrong. Rome has been oppressive. And Israel's been through a whole lot of countries that have oppressed them severely. And I get what they're looking for. But Jesus comes to do something deeper than defeat Rome. What he comes to do is defeat sin and defeat death. And that has to happen so new creation can begin. And that's what Jesus does. That's what the kingdom looks like when it comes. And what he's doing is, is that he's making things right. And we see that in, in almost every week that we've looked at stories. It's about Jesus making things right, restoring things, starting to, to make things, put things back in order. And that's what he's doing. In this whole story, Jesus is making things right. That's what the king, when the kingdom is coming, that's what it looks like. Things are being made right. And so it's a very significant thing. And so Luke starts his story and actually starts uh, chapter 4 uh, bringing in an Old Testament story. And all of these guys were doing that. They were, look, this is how it relates to these other stories. And so it starts with Jesus, 40 days in the desert. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan where he'd just been baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. So Luke is starting out by making a connection back to stories that you know about, back to the Exodus story. Remember, because the the people of God were delivered through the waters, right? The Red Sea. And then where do they go? Out into the wilderness. Well, that's what the picture he's making with Jesus. He comes through the waters and he goes into the desert. Now, uh, Jesus is there 40 days, uh, uh, but the people in the wilderness were there 40 years. But he's making the connection with what happens. And in effect, what's going on is that while the Israelites were in the desert, um, pretty much they got it wrong. Time after time after time after time. But Jesus, in his time in the desert, he gets it right all the time. 
And so it's a, it's a picture of Jesus coming to restore and turn things around and all the things that are supposed to happen, happening. And then Jesus goes back to his hometown and he goes into the synagogue. And there he's handed the scroll. They invite him to read. That's a big deal, reading the scripture in a service like that. And, you know, in case you wonder sometimes, why do we have you stand when we're reading the word? It's to honor the scripture. And it's very biblical. Throughout the Bible, you'll see groups got together and and they would all stand and the scripture would be read and then it would be explained. And that's really the, the biblical pattern that we have. That's what's going on here. We read scripture, and then we try and talk about it and explain what's going on. And so um, they hand Jesus the scroll because he's, you know, people are starting to hear about him. And, well, he's pretty honored at this point in time, and they're pretty happy he's there. So, hey, welcome to the synagogue. Would you read? Uh, would you do the reading today? And they hand him the scroll of Isaiah, and Jesus opens the scroll to Isaiah 61. Luke quotes it here. Uh, he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. I hope when we talk like that, you get it. Can you see? I love to think about Jesus just standing there in the synagogue being Jesus. And Jesus was cool. I, I hope, you know, you, you have that picture of Jesus. You would have wanted to be around Jesus. It's like, ooh, Jesus is here. And you'd feel good about And I can just see him in the scroll. It gets there and I hand him the scroll and he, he rolls that baby open. I wish we had scrolls still, probably, but I'd get frustrated. So anyway. Rolls that scroll open, Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he stops reading right there. Now, he's, he's quoting from Isaiah, and I want, to see, I want you to see what, what he's quoting from. Uh, 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me. To bind up the broken heart, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. So, so that's the actual passage, but Jesus stops it uh, at the end of the Lord's favor. So let's talk about that for a moment and then we'll pop into the other part. The year of the Lord's favor. Now, this is a pretty big deal, the idea of the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What's the Lord's favor? Well, the idea here is the idea of jubilee, the, the year of the Lord's favor, these, these favored years, uh, were, were to make you think about jubilee. Now, we've spent some time talking about jubilee already, but I want to go back in case you missed it, and, and uh, uh, you didn't see that one or hear that one. Jubilee was something that was supposed to happen in Israel every 49 years. The 50th year was going to be a year of Jubilee. And in Jubilee, uh, debts were paid. Everybody's debts were canceled. All the slaves were freed at that point in time. Remember, slavery back then was this idea of uh, people working off their debt primarily. That's what they would do to pay off their debts. Property was restored. All the property went back to its original owners. Uh, it was basically a do-over, a start-over. And it was a, a picture sort of of the end of exile. That's what Jubilee was always supposed to be. Now, I also want to say this. That's, they were supposed to do that, Israel, but they, they didn't. At least not very often did they. Because the people, a lot of people didn't want to return property, uh, all those other things. You know, the people that had it didn't want to give it back. So they didn't do what they were supposed to do most of the time. But the idea was there, and it's the idea of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus now, and he's picked this scroll. He reads it, and he reads it up till that point in time. And I think he's, he's making very clear that this is his mission. 
This is his purpose. This is his ministry. I have come to begin to set things right. And I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, the other neat tie-in, we talked about this the other day. I don't have this verse in your notes, but I want you to remember it. And if you need to, go back and look it up. It's Daniel 9 and verse 24. And we spent some time talking about this in the last few weeks. And, and in Daniel 9, it says this, Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy. Seventy sevens. Now, this is written while the people of God are in exile in Babylon. And most of the prophets have said, hey, you got, you're going to have 70 years of exile here in Babylon. And true enough, that's what happens. At the 70th year, Cyrus, who's the king of Babylon, says to the Israelites, go on, you can go back, rebuild your temple, you're free, off you go. And and so we've talked about that happens, and they do that. They go and rebuild the temple. But what doesn't happen, this is important, is that the presence of God doesn't show up. And and that was part of the prophetic word. You'll go rebuild your temple, and you, the presence of God will show up. But he doesn't. And and he doesn't, and he doesn't. And this this time period happens. Well, that 77s prophetically is talking about 490 years. It's also tying in the idea of jubilee. It's kind of the big, the jubilee of jubilees. And guess where we are historically from the exile? 490 years would put it right at the time of Jesus. Like just how God is, right? I said, told you God has a timetable. So he's right there. And the people are looking for a Messiah. They figured out they're right in the 490 years. They're looking for it. Jesus arrives on the scene and they go, well, look at this guy. He's doing miracles, doing all these amazing things. He's finally going to come and defeat the Romans. That's what they're looking for. Everybody is looking for that. He's going to do it. And yet that's not what he does, right? He does something deeper. I've already said that. But he does it right at the right time. And what's this big jubilee of jubilees look like? Our, our debts are forgiven. you got your sins covered and paid for. Released from slavery. We're no longer in slavery and bondage to sin or fear or any of those things because he set us free. It's the jubilee of jubilees. It's God's favor on us. Property restored. What do we get back? We get back the authority that the enemy stole from us at the fall. It's restored to us. It's the end of exile for us. It's the year of God's favor. We're, we're freed from uh, living under the rule of the evil one. We've been set free. And it's a start over. It's a do over. It's, it's amazing. See, that's what God's favor looks like. That's what the year of God's favor looks like. And that makes us the people of the favor of the Lord. And that's how we're supposed to live. We have this amazing thing that's happening in us. Those are the things that have happened in us. That's what it looks like when the kingdom comes. Things start getting set right. Is the kingdom fully here? Not yet. Jesus inaugurated. It's fully here when he comes back. But he's done already what needed to happen to start new creation. And we're living in it now. And we're living in the year of God's favor. And this is what we're supposed to be telling people about. The year of the favor of the Lord. Now it's fascinating is because he rolls up the scroll before he jumps into the verse about the day of vengeance. And that's really interesting. It's really, really interesting because he stops. And, and to understand the story, you've got to know that the people knew that verse, and that was their favorite part. <laughs> we're so tired of these people that have oppressed us for hundreds of years. Don't they know that we're the people of God? And they abuse us, and they abuse us, and they abuse us. And God, we just want you to wipe them out. We want you to come and kill them all. 
That's what happens. That's what they want. And Jesus leaves that part out. And, and it's not very cool. Let me read it to you again. So you, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's appointed me, anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And listen, as you see this, this is our ministry as well. Okay, this is, he leaves us. We're the favor of the Lord people to proclaim good news to the poor. That's us telling people about the gospel. He sent us to proclaim freedom for the prisoner. That's us. This is how you get set free uh, as you come to know Jesus. Recovery of sight for the bind. Remember the, the enemy is trying to blind unbelievers to set the oppressed free. That's all part of our mission to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's our ministry and mission. Then he rolls up the scroll and gives it back to the attendant and sit down and they're all looking on him. Why? Jesus, you missed the best part. And he says, today, this, pro- this prophecy is fulfilled and you're hearing the scriptures. But yeah, but what about the good part? And, and all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, I get it. Well, we like that. You know, the idea of Jubilee, that's a good idea. Oh, that sounds really good for us. But um, what about the best part? When you're going to take care of the Romans? And then they, this thing comes in. If you don't catch it, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't just one of these little kids that grew up in the neighborhood? Who is he to come in here and tell us what he's going to do and not do? And Jesus was, see, Jesus knows that all they're, they're consumed with vengeance. And they're missing the point. Because if you're consumed with vengeance, you miss what God is really doing. Because we live in the year of the favor of the Lord. Vengeance is whose, says the Lord. You, you ever heard that? Because if you get vengeful, you miss what God is doing over and over and over and over and over again. Because there's something about us that gets in. And, and, and people that have messed with us, we... And you've probably all done this. You've sort of had that thought, wow, God, I wish you'd just take care of that person. (laughs) (laughs) And you might think of some things that you'd like to happen. And getting saved ain't one of them. (laughs) But that's the one that matters. That's the absolute best thing that could happen. And yet we we have to be careful because we don't think that way. We get into this amazing lifeboat that he has for us and we start to think it's a little crowded in here. There ain't really room for anybody else. But our mission is favor, right? God's favor. And so he starts, he gets the pushback and he says, "Uh, you know, listen, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. (gasps) What is that? Well, there goes Elijah to a non-person of God, if you would, to rescue them. And that they're like, what? And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, only Naaman the (gasps) Syrian. We hate the Syrians. Why were they so... They, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Why? They didn't want the rescue for everybody. They wanted it for them. They wanted vengeance on everybody else. And they were going to miss what God was doing. So badly were they missing it. They get him. They take Jesus to the edge of the brow of the cliff uh, where the tongue was bitten. And they're going to throw him off. They want to kill him. That's what they want to do with Jesus. But he walks right through the crowd and goes on his way. See, if you're not aware of 
what the kingdom is and, and that we're the people of God's favor and you slip into being vengeance people, you miss what God is doing. Because you're wanting to do something he's not going to do and you'll miss all the things that he is doing. And see, he wants us to live as people of God's favor. I say all that because it's very important that we don't... Look, we have a very real enemy. All right? I don't need to name him. You know who he is. And his forces that are behind everything. We've talked about that. Everything behind, you know, greed and fear and all that. That's all the enemy and his stuff. And some people who who haven't found their way into Jesus yet... Um, your, your heart for them can't be that you just want vengeance for them. You want them to be able to see the truth. See, that's our part. We're the people who bring the favor of the Lord. We want people to be rescued. That promise of rescue is going all the way back to Genesis 12 when Abram uh, and God are, are doing business and God says to Abram, through you... All nations will be blessed. See, that's the rescue. Not just Israel, all nations. And when Jesus comes, he's saying, I'm the rescue for all people. And we got to be careful. We don't make enemies out of people that aren't our enemies. We, we, you, you don't personalize the evil one because you'll miss that God wants you to reach out in grace and favor for people so that they can be rescued as well. See, that's our mission in ministry. That's what he calls us to. Up to. Our our whole thing goes up to. We rolled up the scroll. The day of vengeance is on him. We're living in God's favor and we're people of God's favor. And we're to tell people of God's favor. It's It's the jubilee, baby. The big one. It's the jubilee of jubilees and we're in it. That ought to. At some point, I hope you'll go back and think about that and go, woo. Maybe with a little more excitement than that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But we've got to make sure we got this right. Don't, I don't want you to miss the kingdom because you're thinking it's something that it's not. And this is what God's doing and this is what he's called us to do. And it's really cool how it all ties together. We've got more on this next week, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up right there. Alice, my love, why don't you come and let's pray. And we'll let people go on with their Father's Day celebration. Papa, you're amazing, and we love you so much. And, and I pray that, that we would understand how awesome it is to live in the year of the favor of our God. And that that reality would be what just kind of floods us and rolls through us. That we would not be critical, judgmental, but we would be gracious grace-filled people. And, and that we would leave all the rest to you, Holy Spirit, that you'll deal with the rest. That's our part. That's our mission. That's our ministry. So help us to walk as those people today, God. As people who love well. As people who forgive well. As people who are ready to give the reason for the hope that we have. What a gracious and amazing Father you really are to us. And we love you so much. Alice. Amen. I just have this picture of the angry crowd, you know, taking Jesus to the edge of the cliff, and then he just walks back through the crowd. Well, you know he walked back hugging people and healing people Mm. and silencing their anger. Because he couldn't have got through an angry mob without, you know, he was God. 
So, you know, Amen. That was I like a good it. picture. In the spirit of that, in the spirit of that, I want to pray for healing for a couple people. I feel like Miss um, Alicia had a word this morning about someone having pain in their left wrist, and God is always doing a deeper thing. It's not about the pain in your wrist; it's about God seeing you and pointing that out. And I also had a word this week about someone having pain in their right jaw. I don't know if it's TMJ or what it is, but God wants to heal those things today and again. It's about God doing a deeper thing. He doesn't. He cares about your pain, but he cares about your heart even more. So if that applies to any of you, I'm going to pray for you. And then I know Pastor Billy has a word. And so, Lord, I pray right now for those specific things, for the wrist, for the jaw. Father, would you just bring your Holy Spirit Bring the balm of Gilead into those places and do the deeper work in the hearts of the people you love. In Jesus' name. And earlier I felt um, in our prayer time together that there was someone here that you just didn't feel worthy of participating in the favor of the Lord. It's just something uh, just about, you know, your heart, your mindset, what's going on in life. And I want you to know that um, you're not worthy. None of us are. That's that's really good news because Jesus is the only one that's worthy. And it reminded me of Ephesians 1, 4, where it says that you and I were chosen before the foundation of the world. We were chosen. And that that's an, that's an awesome Greek word because it means like I love going into the grocery store and buying avocado. My last name is Nunez, so I like guacamole. So I go into the grocery store and when you go get um, avocado, you go and you squeeze them and you look for just the right one. And when you find the right one, you go, that's the one I want. That's that's what the word chosen means. God looked through humanity and he reached around through humanity and he found you and goes, that's the one I want. So you are worthy through Jesus. So. You are the right avocado. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, when did we lose control? It's all about Jesus. Got to know Jesus. How do, how do we know Jesus? We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth, Jesus, Lord. That's where it all starts for you. If you've never done it, just do it. That's, that's it. I, it doesn't need to be more difficult than that. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never said that to him and meant it, do it right now. And it changes everything. If you do it, let me know. Text the word heart to 305-745-7513 just so I can celebrate with you. And uh, very, very cool. Uh, thank you for your generosity, church. You're amazing. Your faithfulness to your giving is just incredible. There's ways to give online digitally uh, if you want. Or there's offering boxes in here. If you want to do that, let's sing the doxology. It will rain children. And then we'll move on to the next one. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. As you leave, please go out. These doors, they'll be open for you. Get out there. Have a great day. Have a great Father's Day. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Don't forget, men, pick up your book on the way out. We will see you soon. Goodbye.
Thank you. Oops, I didn't. Uh, sorry. Check, check. Okay, so am I. Thank you, everybody, for watching online. Sorry about the, the uh, technical confusion. I was holding a book and doing too many things at once. I got excited. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. We love you guys. Bless you. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see you again. Yes. Have a great week, guys. Love Read you. Have a, have a steak or something or cake. Eat something cute, Dad. Steak and cake. Yeah. That, that's nice. I like it. I know. We're a good team. Bye.